0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Oh, here we are. What has it been? About a month and change since the election. We'll call it about six weeks, something like that. Five weeks since the election. And we find out That's something that came up in the days before the election that we were not allowed to say that was being intentionally suppressed by social media was, in fact, true. Hunter Biden is officially, by his own admission, under investigation by federal prosecutors who are looking at his foreign ties and possible money laundering. And where do we think some of those foreign ties may be? China. That's right. Starting to see the Democrat Party was doing a whole smokescreen operation for four years. Yes, they were attacking Trump on Russia, but their Russia fixation seemed to also serve the very useful additional purpose of preventing people from paying more attention to very high level Democrat connections to our true national security threat, our true economic challenger the People's Republic of China. And here is Politico with the piece. The federal investigation into president-elect Hunter, uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has been more extensive than a statement from Hunter Biden indicates, according to a person with firsthand knowledge of the investigation. On Wednesday, Hunter Biden said he had been contacted about a tax investigation of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. In addition to Delaware, the securities fraud unit in the Southern District of New York also scrutinized Hunter Biden's finances, according to the person with direct knowledge of the investigation. The person said that as of early last year, investigators in Delaware and Washington were also probing potential money laundering and Hunter Biden's foreign ties. The person spoke on the condition of anonymity because they are not authorized to discuss yada yada. Okay. Uh in addition to the probe in 100 Biden, federal authorities in the Western District of Pennsylvania are conducting a criminal investigation of a hospital business in which Joe Biden's brother, James, was involved. Federal officials have asked about James Biden's role in the business, according to a second-hand blah, blah. Okay. There is no indication Joe Biden himself is under investigation, but this could complicate his presidency and shine an unflattering light on his relatives' dealings. You don't say this is the best the Democrats could do. Really? Here we are. And this is not a Russia collusion fairy tale. This is not something that was cooked up by a bunch of lib, unethical journos at the New York Times or James Comey and some other smug weirdos at the DOJ. This is real. Here we are just a little just a month or so past the election, still have challenges in the courts. I know. But the election day has come and gone. And now they're like, yeah, it turns out uh, Hunter Biden is under serious criminal scrutiny right now. I I thought Joe Biden was going to restore honor and dignity to the White House. That's what they told us. I thought that Joe Biden was a totally straight shooter. I I thought that Joe Biden was somebody that. You didn't have to worry about good old Scranton Joe, blue collar Joe, who's been living in multimillion dollar houses, despite being a public servant his entire adult life. Pretty much. Uh, he's been living in multimillion dollar houses for the last 40 years. But, you know, blue collar Joe. Sure. Sure he is. Uh, now, this is where there, there's so much that I want to jump into here. Let's start with this. The media actively lied to the American people right before the election. We need to understand that. The Democrat aligned mainstream media, 95 percent of Democrats supporting and voting and the independent journalists are they're registered independents, but they're all Democrats. That's just a game they play. Uh, They they did more than just support their guy. They lied about information of the public interest in the public interest In order to make sure that there would be a an outcome that they desired. That was what it was. And the social media companies now work hand in glove with the mainstream media. You know, they're essentially just an extension of it, although really they're more powerful than the mainstream media. Google, Facebook, Twitter, they can they can kill any media outlet they want to. They can throttle you, shut you down, cut off your funds, cut off your reach. You're done. What are you going to do? You're going to go to askjeeves.com. Good luck. So what do we make of this? The people who were lecturing us for four years about the need to protect our sacred democracy, the people who have been claiming that the big threat to our future was Donald Trump
2: lying. He lies.
1: That's what they always said. They all lied to you. They were all either actively engaged in or complicit in this lie, which I got to be honest with you, I've told you all along, I don't think that this was necessarily going to be the end for the Biden campaign. But then again, we didn't really know whether there was money laundering tied to all of this, too. It's one thing to say Hunter Biden is involved in sleazy dealings. It's another thing to say he could be a felon involved in hiding money that's getting paid to him by agents of the People's Republic of China. That's that's a bit more. That's an escalation, right? Getting getting paid a little bit on the side is one thing. Being a convicted felon would be another. The media lied to you. They they actively work to suppress the truth because they think they know better than you about who should be president of the United States. The media lied to you. All right. So we start with that. It's so funny, too. Now they're like, oh, yeah, underreported story, they're saying, or, you know, didn't get that much attention. These are the news outlets saying it. I remember when it was, oh, this is all a lie. Think about the, the Hunter Biden story, the progression. At first, it was fake news, they said. At first, there was no Hunter Biden laptop. Then it was the laptop was stolen. And so therefore, the information on it was inadmissible or something in a journalistic sense. Then it was, oh, it was hacked, which all these things were not true. And then it was, oh, there's really nothing there. There's nothing on the laptop, nothing to see here. And now it's, oh, yeah, it turns out the laptop was real. It wasn't stolen. It wasn't hacked. It was 100 percent true. And there is a federal money laundering investigation into what the who the media is calling the president elect's son. He's not the president elect until the Electoral College meets. That is that is actually the process. They can say this all day, but it does not actually change the, the truth. Right. This would be like saying, well, we don't actually have to say that there's you know, this guy's an, an alleged murderer. We'll just say he's a murderer in the press because, you know, that alleged thing. Let's skip past the jury trial. No, I, I say no. I say we we have these rules for a reason. And if you're going to ask us, ask us to respect some parts of the process, you can't then discount others. But of course, that's what the media does all the time. Show us your principles, they say to conservatives when it's in the interests of the left and the Democrats, when it advantages them to pretend that they also have principles. And then we see them abandon any principle at the moment that they think that that is helpful. We're not supposed to notice this. Oh, what are they going to say now? Hunter Biden uh, is not a not a problem for, for Joe Biden. Remember, it wasn't just that Hunter Biden was doing this wasn't Hunter Biden got caught, you know, selling weed at a party or something. This guy's a forty something year old man, and he was leveraging his dad and including his dad in these discussions to get rich. And he's a total screw up, this guy. We all know that. Everyone knows that. Even his dad knows that. So we know that he's not some criminal genius or something. It's not like he covered his tracks well. So if they look into this at all, it's very likely that they'll find out that there were some problems here. But do I think they'll really look into this? I've already had some friends reaching out and asking, do you you think that a a Joe Biden DOJ would even begin a serious investigation or or allow the continuation of a serious investigation of possible money laundering of the president's son? The answer is no. And I know people don't want to hear that. I, I know we want to think that, The system isn't that rotten or that corrupt. I'm here to tell you the Democrats have made it that rotten and corrupt. That is where we are now. Look at Russia collusion. They are promoting people in the media and in government from the Obama era now who were big Russia collusion hoaxers. If you were a Russia collusion PP tape truther, you have benefited from that. Because the whole point of it was the smear, the sliming, the attack on Trump. It wasn't about defending our democracy. Nobody really believes that because nobody really thought that there was Russia collusion. At least nobody was moderately intelligent, but they pretended. Okay, yeah, we can run with this. We'll do this story night after night after night. The first three years of the Trump presidency were dominated by a story in the media that was a lie. That they pretended to be just, oh, we're serious journals and we're looking into this. Absolutely not true. The whole thing was a fraud. The moment you understand that we are now in an information environment of warring propaganda machines, you start to see everything more clearly. If you are not a polemicist these days, you are controlled opposition for the other side. That's where we are. You're either fighting against this or you're not. Worth people's time with what you're doing, right? You're either taking a stand against the leftist Democrat media collective, or what are you really doing? I'm talking about for people in the media, not for everybody. And so this is where we find ourselves. This is where we are. People ask me, what should be done now? Do I think a Hunter Biden investigation would be allowed to continue under Joe Biden? Absolutely not. They'll shut it down. Bill Clinton lied under oath as clearly as anyone can lie about anything never even faced a criminal charge didn't have to pardon himself didn't matter does anyone really think that it'll be different under a Biden administration after all the lectures we got about our sacred democracy from these Democrats you think they're going to change absolutely not so what can we do other than point out the lies other than try to shame them they won't they won't be shamed into into honor or decency but they should be shamed anyway and the media is atrocious in this country. It's a disgrace. But what else can we do? Appoint a special counsel. President Trump is the president. Attorney General Bill Barr is the head of the Department of Justice. This is a perfect example of where we need a special counsel because this investigation is going to be fraught with political pressure and considerations. So we need someone who brought in from the outside to have full autonomy to investigate Hunter Biden and his associates up to and including Joe Biden if and when he becomes president of the United States. Why not? Someone explain to me why we should not do this. Oh, because it's mean, because it'll make the Democrats have the sads. It's an even better reason. Look at what they did to us. If they get away with this and they're on they're on the the edge of getting away with it. If they do, they will do it again and they will have benefited from it. Maybe it's time we start fighting fire with fire. A special counsel on Hunter Biden sounds like a great idea to me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to BuckSexton.com.
3: What was interesting was how much uh, how 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 much we all said the same thing. We were a lot of people from different countries talking about freedom of the press in their country, in Europe and in Asia and in Africa and. Uh, Donald Trump has had a very, very corrosive effect on the freedom of the press. I used to say in the beginning in 2017 that this was just rhetoric. But the fact is that he's called us the enemy of the people and the term fake news has been repeated by 50 presidents, prime ministers and other national leaders around the world. Uh, And it's become uh, it's become a calling card for authoritarians. And so I do think there's been a very corrosive effect, but I would like to say that i think that at least in this country our system has the court that the system is held in terms of democracy the press has done its job the courts the 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 separation that the courts have done their job so i am not as um you know negative and pessimistic as um, some of my colleagues internationally
1: that's what you'll hear over at msnbc i I wanted you to, to get to listen to that drivel because that's a pretty good summation. The, the libs, the journos are lunatics. I mean, they're, they're completely deranged. They think they've done their job. Oh, I'm sorry. The suppression of speech that is going on that's coming from social media. Is that something that they talk about? Do they fight against that? They have no problem with it. They are in cahoots. They are a part of this. They are the authoritarians. That is the tragic irony of this whole situation. We all see it. Yes, the press did their the press did their job by lying to the American people about Russia collusion for three, four years now. That's their job. They have no credibility. They show no ethics, no decency. They never apologize. It's just creating this frothy mouthed rage machine of anti-Trumpism. That's what they did. When she says we did our job, you know what she's really saying? Yeah, because we think Trump lost the election now. That that is in the journo's view, their job, their job was not to present the American people with facts. You know, they talk about democracy in the media all the time and they talk about free speech. They're, they're enemies of free speech. And journalism as a profession is actually the enemy of the American people right now. It's true because they're liars and there's no accountability. And what they do is disgusting. But when she says that they accomplished their mission, unfortunately, or, or did their job, Unfortunately, from the perspective of a leftist, there's some truth to that, because here we are still fighting it out over this election, still wondering if we're able to get some justice here. And the journos are all saying, well, we we weren't able to do it in 2016, but we rebounded and got it done in 2020. Does Anyone really doubt that they found their purpose to be destroying Donald Trump and stopping him from having four more years? They suppressed the Hunter Biden story. The reason fake news resonates so much, and let's remember, they were the ones, the elite journos were the ones that popularized the term fake news because their whole initial pitch was that Trump voters are so dumb, they believe all the fake news stories from Russia online. And then Trump said, no, you are the fake news. Completely turned it around. It was actually one of the most brilliant things he did in his presidency. He took their weapon and used it against them. And they hate him for it. They absolutely hate him for it. And now they want to tell you that, what, they're going to speak truth to power if and when there's this Biden presidency, which is going to be just a joke. This guy Joe Biden is, he's a clown. He, I don't care if, if he ends up being president. I don't care. He's still B-team. Always will be. Nothing impressive about this guy. Nothing worthwhile about his leadership or his vision. Just a guy who shows up and does what he's got to do, whatever that took, saying whatever he had to say, shilling for the credit card companies out of Delaware for a long time. And and now he's supposed to be some man of the people who unites us and brings us all together. Just wait until they shut down the Hunter Biden investigation. You know what they're going to say? If there's a Biden administration, they shut down the Hunter Biden investigation. Uh, probe. I, I can assure you I already know what the talking point will be. But Trump pardon people, and Trump is so bad, and Trump, you know, orange man bad. That's all they'll say. They won't even they won't even be able to connect the dots with wow, so Biden's actually really corrupt.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast
3: firstly, I feel bad for the taxpayers in Texas that have to finance this ridiculous and frivolous lawsuit. Um, You know, we should note that AG Paxton, um, you know, is a member of the Trump campaign, uh, very involved with that, Uh, also that he is currently under federal indictment for securities fraud And also being investigated by the FBI, so I see this more than anything as an effort to ingratiate himself to a man who could potentially uh, provide him with a presidential pardon.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Always, it's always it's always angling for a pardon from Trump, isn't it? They're not even the lib liars aren't even creative, are they? They just all repeat each other and think we're so smart. They all repeat each other. They think that that's clever. You have seventeen Republican attorneys general have already backed Trump in this lawsuit out of the state of Texas. So here's what it says. Um, This is this now this is the New York Times version. Understand, this is supposed to be the way they write a news story. This is not this is not the editorial page, but you really won't be able to tell the difference. Despite dozens of judges and courts rejecting challenges to the election, Republican attorneys general in 17 states on Wednesday backed President Trump in his increasingly desperate and audacious legal campaign to reverse the results. The show of support in a brief filed with the Supreme Court represented the latest attempt by Trump loyalists to use the power of public office to come to his aid as he continues to deny the reality of his loss with baseless claims of voter fraud. The move is an effort to bolster a lawsuit filed on Tuesday by the pro-Trump attorney general in Texas, that seeks to delay the certification of the presidential electors in four battleground states that President Trump lost, so we shall see okay that's the that's the way the New York, I mean the New York Times is just going all in with editorializing as a news story not 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 a surprise there. Um, notice that lawsuits to Democrats this is just one of many ways how we can establish that they don't have principles they only have desires and wants and they shift whatever principles they have or discard them in order to achieve those desires and and wants. Here's what uh, here's what you, you should remember about all this. Democrats celebrated the usage of lawsuits and the federal bench, activist judges on the federal bench, constantly ensnaring and tangling up President Trump in every aspect of his agenda that they could with bad faith lawsuits and legal decisions, right? Then when I say bad faith, you can tell because when the Ninth Circuit keeps doing something to stop Trump from doing something, right, they, they just, you, you know what's coming, and then the Supreme Court has to step in and say, no, you can't do that, no, that's not what the law says about the judges below them, the Obama appointees in particular on the Ninth Circuit, that's not good faith, that's abusing the process, but they loved lawsuits and judges and the law when they were particularly when Trump had the House and the Senate. I'm just going to say it. Not enough done. Not enough done during that period. Tax cuts. Pretty much it. And guess what's going to happen if there's a Biden administration? The taxes go up. I know people don't like to hear this, but this is the truth. Didn't get enough done. And you can there's a whole bunch of reasons why. One of them is really bad personnel at the top level of the of the new administration in 2016. Horrible. Horrible people for anyone who's going to write me some email now and say, oh, that's not. Yeah, really. You want to bring back Scaramucci and Amarosa and Rex Tillerson? And yeah, that's the crew. I don't think so. The, there was a lot of time lost in that transition period and afterwards. Some of it was, of course, because of the underst- I understand the ambush by the Democrats and the Russia collusion truthers and going after General Flynn. But I'm going to tell you this much. if There's an incoming Biden administration. They're going to try to to hit us day one with as much left wing crazy stuff as they can get away with via executive order already seeing. And this also ties into the legal issues I was talking to you about. There are hundreds of migrants who are moving in a caravan from Honduras toward the U.S. southern border right now. Why do you think that is? Why would the caravans start up again? What what has in the minds of people in Central America, for example, and as well as other countries all over the world, because they don't talk about this that much in the news, but it wasn't just people from Central America during the border crisis under the Trump administration who were showing up. There were people from Pakistan. There were people from Haiti. There were people from China, people from all over the world showing up at the border saying I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing oppression. They basically read in some cases actually reading an a little piece of paper. I'm fleeing oppression. I want I want asylum in your country. And who are you fleeing? What, what oppression do you have to? I'm fleeing oppression. That's all they know. That's all they have to say. OK, I guess you passed a credible screening test. Let's let you into the U.S. But you're going to show up at your hearing, right? You're going to show up at your credible fear at your uh, first immigration hearing to see if you actually get asylum. Oh, sure. Promise. We all know how that worked out. Why would a, a migrant caravan? This was an Associated Press story that I saw start making its way to the southern border again. Because they know the first order of business for Democrats will be the elimination of the filibuster. If they can get if they can get the majority, if they don't have the majority. The, and then there'll be all these other things that will happen anyway. If they don't have the majority, the first order of business will start will be executive orders from Joe Biden. And among those executive orders will be immigration, the extension of DACA as a kind of permanent status. And uh, they, they then will move toward amnesty. And once they get amnesty, you, you, what you think that Texas is going to stay red if there is amnesty. Think about this. Think of all the states, because after amnesty, you know what happens, the pathway to citizenship. Or maybe it's all at once, maybe it's all together. Goodbye, goodbye, Republican governance and administrations and all the rest of it. Those are the stakes right now and people are coming to our southern border because they know that under a biden administration what they'll do is tell the public one thing is happening while the bureaucracy uh, while the bureaucracy allows another thing to happen that's what they'll do and they'll say oh they're going to show up again tell you when i was living in uh, dc working at the at the hill.com doing that show uh, rising we had all these debates all these people showing up and i had been down at the border a few times i've been talking to border patrol and you'd have all these Democrat talking heads that would show up and say everyone shows up for their hearings. There is no crisis at the border. They're all fleeing oppression. It was just a propaganda campaign. All lies, all lies. There was an exploitation of the goodness of the American people underway. We were allowing people to come here with one, under one set of rules. And they were the first thing they were doing was breaking those sets of rules. They weren't even willing to wait at the points of points of uh, ports of entry. They would cross the border illegally, which is it. It is actually an illegal act, believe it or not. It's like federal trespassing to step across the U.S.-Mexico border. That itself is, is a is an illegal act. So they would do that so they could get arrested and then they would claim asylum. And then they would hope to get lost in the court system, get a delayed hearing or just not show up for the hearing. And if they show up for the hearing and the hearing goes against them for asylum, you know what happens next? They have to wait for a deportation hearing. How many people do you think show up for the asylum hearing, get denied? And then how many people show up for the deportation hearing again, just to see if they can actually get there? They've already been in the United States for months and months at that point, maybe a couple years. You think they're going to show up? But the propaganda machinery, of the Democrats will kick into high gear in 2021. If Biden is calling the shots again, they're going to say, oh, no, everyone showed they're going to lie all over again. They want things that they believe are justified by the lies. It's not even really a lie because the Democrats think it's so important. That's their attitude. That is how they approach all of these things. So you should you should remember that as they as a seek to give us all lectures about how the press did their jobs and Trump was a threat to freedom of the press. How is Trump a threat to freedom of the press by hurting their feels by making them feel sad what did he do? He, he, he made fun of some of them. The most insecure, vain, and often sociopathic people I've ever met, and, and often intellectually worthless, are national political journalists. Terrible, terrible people go into this profession, lots of them. And they hate it when anyone points out, who are you, what are you doing? Your whole day-to-day of, I'm here to speak truth to power, is a fraud. We all know that, right? Do you think any of them, you think any of the New York Times, the Washington Post, they're going to, Speak truth to power in a Biden administration? Can anyone say that with a straight face? It's laughable. No one really believes that. But they'll say it. They'll say it anyway. And unfortunately, people with minds that are easily molded, the easily brainwashed, will say, yeah, that's true.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
4: Everyone is so, it's, when you cannot get people to even, when someone tells you that they won an election that they lost, that's going to a whole nother level. And then you have people believe you, believing in you because they trusted in you and they thought they were doing something that was noble by, and they thought they were standing up for the right thing. When they really weren't, they were, you were leading them astray. And the common enemy is not us it's not the media i mean listen maybe it's someone else it's not me it's not you i to the best of my ability i tell you the truth every night and if i screw it up i apologize and i correct it but these people are being lied to and have been lied to for at least the past five years
1: (laughs) i like i like the sort of calm and and uh unity based tony of don lemon we're we the media we're not the enemy he works for cnn He's he's an anchor at CNN, the commie news network. I mean, the way that that place transformed itself into an institution of pure anti-Trump propaganda over the last four years—that they should study. Future generations should study this. It's actually remarkable. I mean, it's awful and it's wrong, but it's also pretty fascinating. They suppressed the Hunter Biden story. We have the the tape, right? Of uh, from. James O'Keefe and, and Project Veritas, which, you know, we always have these tapes that come out. I keep telling us, yeah, CNN, super liberal and they lie to all of us. I mean, I understand that it is maybe amusing to hear them in the lies, but we're not learning anything new with this. Just putting that out there. Yeah, I, I can tell you, as I've said, what what they're saying on the CNN editorial calls. I, I know what they're saying on the CNN editorial calls. Having worked there, I understand the mindset, but. Yeah, they actively suppressed the Hunter Biden story. That's what they did, uh, and, that, and now they want us to believe that they're on our side. They're just—they're just there for truth, man. Yeah, they're just telling us the truth. You know that this is all—this is all what we should expect, I suppose. And then there's Steve Schmidt. I got a question for you. You know why is it that the people who are like... All helping Democrats. Are they Democrats now, the never Trumpers, or... Here you go. The dumbest political analyst on television at MSNBC, Steve Steve Schmidt. Here he is, play eight.
4: We're in a fight now between an autocratic movement and a democratic movement. And the only way to win a fight is either through submission or through exhaustion. And here's the deal. And this is what I would say to the people that Tim described as deluded. They are in a party that has let out of the underworld a mixture of conspiracy theorists, white nationalists, white supremacists, militia groups. And all of those people are part of their Trump coalition. Right. They, they are in the mainstream of the Trump coalition. Groups like the Lincoln Project. Our view is very simple. There is no compromise with these people. They must be driven back into the underworld of American politics. They have no place at the table and that any political party that wishes to associate with them has to become so toxic that they have no chance of winning elections.
1: So basically, I'm a Democrat. Well, with 95 percent of the Republican Party, 97 percent of the Republican Party, might even be more like 99 now. Uh, that supports Donald Trump, so they don't have a voice. They 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 don't have a voice at the table. But Steve Schmidt does, as long as he's taking money from left wing billionaires, to pretend to be a, a conservative who makes anti-Trump ads. These people are ideological mercenaries, and you're going to see them. They're they're now going to be maneuvering. What what is their role here in a a possible post-Trump era? What what are they going to be adding to all this? Well, they're Democrats, so I, I think their role should be that they get to go around and tell people the truth. Finally, they're actually Democrats now. I think Joe Scarborough does that. Or if he doesn't, it's laughable. He should. These people have switched parties over Donald Trump. So when they used to talk about protecting unborn babies, for example, that was just all for show. They don't really believe that. Now they're Democrats. When they talked about the rule of law and supporting police and secure borders, and I don't mean they've done that recently. I'm talking about, you know, go back 10 or 15 years with some of these guys when they were, you know, Romney, McCain, Republicans, when they would say those things, they didn't actually mean it. It didn't matter to them. It was just the thing they had to say that was of the greatest benefit to them at that moment in time. A lot of this, a lot of this going on. And just remember, uh, we should not, we should not uh, allow them to pretend that They weren't working for Democrats in this last election. They absolutely were. So they've gotten in a a way they may have gotten what they want here. And I I hope that this lawsuit out of Texas will get some traction. It's unlikely, folks. We are now at December 10th. The Electoral uh, College certification by the states happens on Monday and then we have a few weeks, but it'll be over the holidays and won't be a lot going on. And then there'll be the actual Electoral College official tally. And uh, or rather, I'm sorry, the Congress will certify the official tally. And at that point, that's all she wrote. So we have a few weeks here. There could be something. And I don't know if you want to use the term miracle, but there could be something unexpected that comes together here. But what's the downside? I, I keep telling my friends this, who, p- people who are conservatives who view me as, as a fighter but reasonable, I, I, which I think is a nice, I'll take that, that I'm, I fight, but I'm, I try to be reasonable. Uh, what's the downside of fighting? Why, why not make this as difficult for the Democrats as possible? Why not drive them insane? Oppose, resist, right? Hashtag resist. Now it's our turn. Now the shoe is on the other foot. Now we're the ones that are going to say, slow it all down. Attack with everything we've got. Use every advantage we have within the system to defeat the people, the Democrats, Biden, who corrupted so thoroughly our entire political system.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast.
1: The election fight is still underway and it could go all the way to the Supreme Court. Our friend Sean Parnell, former Army Ranger and congressional candidate in Pennsylvania, is at the tip of the spear on this one. Sean, great to have you.
2: Hey, it's great to be back as always, Buck. Thanks for having me.
1: So tell me tell me where this stands right now, because people are, are looking still at Pennsylvania and thinking that that may be where the uh, the wall is breached on this election. What's going on?
2: Well, look, I, I, we brought a, just to provide context for listeners or viewers, we, we brought a lawsuit uh, uh, through the Commonwealth Court, through the PA Supreme Court, and ultimately it ended up at the Supreme Court that that asserts that Act 77, Pennsylvania's universal uh, mail-in absentee ballot law is unconstitutional. And look, it is facially unconstitutional. Uh, it's clear. Uh, we, we've been in three courts, as I mentioned, three courts on this buck. Only one of those three courts has, has bothered to even evaluate this case on the merits. And in that instance, they said, if plaintiffs are likely uh, to move forward on the merits, we will win. That Act 77 is is facially unconstitutional. Um, so, we brought that case. Uh, it, it went uh, to the Commonwealth Court, where we, where we got a favorable r- ruling. It went to the PA Supreme Court, where they dismissed it on a legal doctrine called latches, basically saying that I brought the lawsuit too late. Uh, but here's here's the here's the here's the Cap uh, 22 that they put us in is that I couldn't have challenged the law any earlier because 200 years of PA Supreme Court case law says candidates can't challenge elections prior to them being finished. <laughs> so I couldn't challenge the, the, the constitutionality of Act 77 before the election, couldn't challenge it after. And then the PA Supreme Court dismissed it with prejudice and said that essentially, I can't ever challenge Act 77 again, so we brought it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, um, after hearing both sides of the argument, uh, what they did was dismiss our our petition for injunctive relief only, right? Now, what we asked the Supreme Court to do, and this is important, was just temporarily halt the certification of Pennsylvania while we debated the constitutionality of Act 77 on the merits. Now, the PA Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to halt the certification. We're going to allow that to move forward. But the critical piece here is that they did not dismiss our case like so many in the media have reported. Uh, we are allowed to petition for what's called a, a writ of certiori, um, which basically is, is legalese for uh, we're asking the Supreme Court to, to hear the case on the merits. And, Buck, I think that they have an obligation to step in and, and, and rule on the merits because the people of this country deserve some clarity and they deserve to know if the elections that we conducted here in the, in the, in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are indeed constitutional. Because right now Act Seventy Seven, uh, it's a black letter of the law, as 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 people say, it's it's clearly unconstitutional. And so, this is the way that our system was intended to work. We're going to the courts for clarity, and and so far uh, we haven't had much success with the High Court of Pennsylvania uh, or the Supreme Court. Uh, but we're hoping uh, that they'll take up this case and and allow for our petition for certiorari to pass, and and and. and eventually rule on the merits
1: sean uh, do you have some sense of what the timeline is on this because there are a lot of folks who are seeing the days pass on the calendar and you know inauguration day is going to be here before we know it so h- how how do we uh, view the time situation
2: yeah so we we're going to submit our petition for certiorari today um now i don't know how long the supreme court is going to take to act on that the supreme court as i've sort of learned as this process has gone on, the Supreme Court is a is an enigmatic body, you know. And and quite frankly, uh, you know, the nine Supreme Court justices are all very very smart people, and and they sort of do things in their own way, in, in their own way. And a lot of people were reading into, oh, it's a one sentence denial. Well, that's sort of typical. That's that's what they do. And and oh, it's a nine zero opinion. There were no dissents they don't They don't weigh in on things like that. The, the truth is it could be, it could have been a five four decision. We have no idea, and anybody that is reporting it was nine0 with no dissents has no idea either. So um, we're hoping uh, that our petition for certiorari will be taken up uh, in an expedited way, Buck, uh, to try to to try to give the American people a sense of clarity. Uh, but But I'll add one more thing that the only date that really matters uh, that constitutionally matters for for the Supreme Court, uh, is January 20th. So uh, again, one of the things that I've learned uh, throughout this process is that the Supreme Court can pretty much do whatever it wants with regards to issuing a remedy, as long as they follow the Constitution, of course. Um, and so, you know, the idea that, you know, with the media narrative is, oh, Parnell wants to throw out 2.5 million mail-in ballots. That That's not at all what we're asking to do. We're simply asking uh, the Supreme Court, uh, at, at this point, the Supreme Court to follow the Constitution of the United States. And so um, we're still in the fight. Many in the media uh, have reported to the contrary, uh, but we intend to have our petition filed uh, at some point today, hopefully. We're
1: speaking to Sean Parnell, former Army Ranger, current congressional candidate out in Pennsylvania, in Western PA. Uh, and he's at the forefront of this legal fight. Sean. What would be, in your mind, a just outcome from the perspective of the Supreme Court with regard to your specific legal challenge?
4: Well,
2: well, I, I, I it's a great question. I'd love for them to hear it on the merits first, and whatever, whatever outcome uh, or whatever, whatever ruling that they that they provide, of course, will honor. Uh, you know, he, but I, the reason why I'm I'm so steadfast in my pursuit of this is because, Buck, I believe that Pennsylvania and perhaps our nation uh, is really in the midst of a a constitutional crisis. So in Pennsylvania, let's say the court says, yeah, 2020 was messed up. Act 77 is unconstitutional. We're gonna kick this back to the legislature to fix this problem. You wanna pass Act 77, do it the right way, pass a constitutional amendment. Um, Well, the problem with that course of action, while I would certainly accept it, and and while many people believe that that would be imminently fair, uh, fix it moving forward, well, you're going to have 50% of the people in the state of Pennsylvania say, "Wait a second, the election in 2020 was unconstitutional and therefore illegal." 50% of the people aren't going to be okay with that. And you know, on on the flip side, you know, if the Supreme Court says that yes, Act 77 is unconstitutional, and therefore any ballot submitted under that system is also unconstitutional and illegal, and we're tossing these ballots. Well, guess what? That is also a very explosive decision. And, and the truth of the matter is, Buck there's really no easy answer here. Well, but what, would be, what would be, be
1: covered, this. Sean, just so everyone knows, what would be covered under that umbrella of Act 77 ballots if the Supreme Court did that, which would be a huge move, what would be covered?
2: Yeah. Well, okay, so, you know, like any ballot, any no-excuse absentee ballot would, would be, if, if the Supreme Court did that, right? And, and I really want to say if, because... They they could do whatever they want to remedy this situation, right? Um, uh, if they did, it would just be no excuse for absentee ballots. Like any absentee ballot that was filled out in accordance with the Pennsylvania Constitution, like you know military service is is one of the provisions where you can vote absentee. Uh, having to work, having to be out of town. Uh, you're working at a poll and can't vote. All of those provisions are counter, covered under the Pennsylvania Constitution. Those ballots would still count. So again, anybody out there that's saying, "Oh, Parnell wants to discount military ballots," that's a lie. That's not true. Uh, the only thing we're talking about is no excuse absentee ballots, and and the reason why this is a dilemma, and and why 2.5 million people, Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, are fired up about that. And guess what? They should be. Uh, but let's make sure that they're they're focused and putting the blame in the right spot. We're we're talking about a a General Assembly that passed an unconstitutional law, a governor that signed and implemented an unconstitutional law, an attorney general in the state of Pennsylvania who failed to opine on the constitutionality of the law at the time that it was passed, and a secretary of state that that manipulated that law to benefit her own party and watered down ballot integrity. The, 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 The blame for disenfranchisement of the people of this commonwealth rests squarely on the commonwealth government and buck you know me you know me for a long time you know that i'm not a politician you know that i'm not afraid to stand up to my own party that's part of what i'm doing here the general assembly is controlled by republicans i'm suing the general assembly and i'm suing our radical democrat governor and our radical democrat attorney general right because this is a constitutional issue the constitution shields us all from government overreach democrat republican and everybody in between and and that's what i'm fighting for and at the end of the day buck the most important part of the constitutional amendment process, in this regard, right in, in changing time, place, and manner of elections here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And by the way, Act 77 represents the most radical change in our Commonwealth election ever since our since the founding of our country. The most important part of the constitutional amendment process is that the people have a say. It, it was the it was the it was the intentions of the framers of the PA Constitution to make the amendment process that way, to give the people a say, and also every instance in the state of Pennsylvania, upheld by the Supreme Court, PA Supreme Court, by the way, every instance of an unconstitutional expansion of absentee ballots, uh, it's been struck down. uh, It's been struck down by the PA Supreme Court. So in order for the PA Supreme Court to even rule against us, they have to overturn 184 years of their own ruling precedent, which is why they dismissed us on, on, on a technicality. So you know, I'm in this fight because it's the right thing to do. It's not the easy thing to do. It's not what most politicians would do. Uh, but we're in this for the people and we're going to continue fighting for them.
1: Speaking of Sean Parnell, congressional candidate, he's involved in this lawsuit. They're filing today to try to get the Supreme Court to hear it on the merits to see if uh, it is agreed by the court that Act 77 in Pennsylvania was unconstitutional. Sean, before we let you go, you've mentioned to me before that when you check the signature's on, on ballots that came in from specifically some nursing homes in Western PA that it was fishy. Do we have any further information 100%. on that? Do we have any confirmation? Because I think one of the big challenges people have is we hear so much in all these affidavits or read and, and hear from witnesses on these affidavits of fraud that they saw, but ironclad proof as in 100 signatures from different ballots that all look the same, that would really be helpful. Where are you in that?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And so for your listeners and viewers, we, we did a random sampling of 2000 ballots here from four different nursing homes in Beaver County. Um, we did a freedom of information request to grant access to get access to that information. Uh, after looking at it for five minutes, we realized that all, most of the handwriting was the same. And the signatures appeared to be forged. Uh, so what we've done, Buck, is we've turned that information over the, to the district attorney in Beaver County. He's looking at it. He's asked us a couple follow-up questions to get information on, on the ballots and, and where they came from. And if the, once the district attorney's investigation is done, he'll send it up to the to the uh, U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania. And so here's the challenge, Buck. We're in a very short timeline, right, to, to certify this election. As you mentioned, January 20th is going to come around pretty quickly, right? Uh, the problem is, we're on a very short timeline and it just takes time to do these investigations. So right now the uh, the district attorney here in Beaver County uh has those ballots and has that evidence is in the process of, of conducting an investigation. Hopefully he finishes that investigation soon and sends it to the next level.
1: John Parnell everybody, the man is in the fight. He was when he was in Afghanistan and now he is back here at home. Sean, my friend. Good luck. Keep us in keep us in the loop, okay?
2: Yep, thanks, Buck. I appreciate it.